on this week's episode, it's time to dust off the news from the latest Nintendo Direct. We say, get over here with the Mortal Kombat movie. And are you ready for a new mix on life with a blend jet? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. I always try to throw in a good opening for you, my friend. Always. Dude, you killed it with that Blender presentation right there. There you go. <laughs> and we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us here at Pop Culture Cosmos, including our revamped and revitalized Twitch page, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we will be sending this video to, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He's our own castle PCC on the Twitter and Instagram. You got to check out what he's doing today at Castle PCC on the Twitter and Instagram. Love repeating that. It is my good friend indeed. It is a true awesome guy, and I'm glad, so thankful for his help in the past couple of weeks. It is Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, before we get into the intro, my friend, I want to go ahead and a special shout out once again to Josh Peterson. Hope you're okay. Is in Texas right now. Don't know his status. I sure hope everything is okay and that he actually has power and that he's warm. And to all the people in Texas, I hope everything gets a lot better for you real soon. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. I've got a lot of family still in Texas. So, you know, I, I hope things uh, start turning around quickly for them. It seems like there's going to be a, a lot of work in the recovery here in the next month or so, but they've got a strong will and I know Texas will get through it. So Josh, we're thinking of you, man, and we hope you're okay and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. We're not sure if he's going to be here for the Monday show. I held some news back specifically for him that I know he was really interested in that finally came to fruition. But unfortunately, if he can't make it, we'll go ahead and share it anyways on the Monday show. Hopefully, Marcus will get a chance to drop on by to hopefully be sitting in for him once again. So I'm hoping for that. And I truly appreciate, Marcus, you doing that if need be. But again, we have a great show lined up for you today. Want to go ahead and give a big shout out to Rob McCallum. Once again, the madman from Canada, robmcsob.com. He's going to be talking about his latest adventure with his good friend, Jay Bartlett, and that is Action Figure Adventures. So he's going to talk about how well that went across Jinx TV. He's also going to talk about how you can get a copy on Blu-ray and DVD because it is now available for pre-order to anyone who wants to buy it and he's going to tell you about that during the show as well plus we're going to be talking about mortal Kombat. the new trailer came out 
for the movie that's coming in April to HBO Max and box office, day and date. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, Cruella, Emma Stone, they finally dropped the first trailer for that movie. So Cruella, that movie is now coming to life, and we're going to talk about that movie as well. There are some TV cancellations we'll talk about on the back end. Detective Chinatown 3 is a huge hit in China. So we'll talk about how that can reshape the box office going forward in such a dry period for obvious reasons. So we'll go ahead and talk about that for the worldwide box office. And of course, I have my good friend, Mr. Blendjet. So we'll talk about the Blendjet as well. But first off, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and hit you up on the Nintendo Direct. First time since, I believe, 2019. They did not have one last year. He's still cracking up at the blend jet. But first time since 2019, Nintendo has had a Direct come out. So I want to ask you, my friend, your thoughts on the latest Nintendo Direct. Is there anything that stands out to you first and foremost when it comes to the first one for this year? February's Nintendo Direct. I'm assuming they're going to have more that they're going to talk about coming up later in the year. Yeah, they did a really good job of announcing things, you know, all the way out until May or June, I think it is. We had some really big announcements. The Verge has a really good article if anybody gets a chance. It's like Nintendo Direct Switch, 20 biggest announcements or something. You know, if you search any of those keywords or that combination of keywords, you'll get it. Three of the big things for me were Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. So July 16th is when they announced out to it, at least. Hey, man, I don't know if you watched the trailer for this one, Gerald. This is going to be a great Switch game. You know, this seems like it's going to be great portable, but it might be even better on the big screen. And that's one of those things where the Switch does so well doing that portable, you know, big screen versus on the tablet itself. If you want to call it a tablet, it is a tablet. It's a fat, I don't know what you want to call it. I do love the Switch, man. We've got ours and we play ours all the time. We do play a lot of Mario Party around this house and Super Smash Brothers as well. But Legend of Zelda's Skyward Sword, you know, Breath of the Wild was a huge success huge success for the Nintendo community. And I really appreciated everything they gave us in that game. And I'm excited to see what happens moving forward. This is Skyward Sword HD. So, I I mean, like, hey, I know this is a re-release of a 2011 game, but I'm really looking forward to see how they've remastered it, how things go well with this one. The next one up, though, is Mario Golf Super Rush. And I used to be a huge Mario Golf fan when I was younger. And I don't know if you got a chance to watch the trailer, Gerald, but this is going to be really cool. We've got speed golf now where your character can use power-ups and run down the course. It seems like it's everybody's turn at all times to hit a golf ball. It's just on you to be the fastest one to yours. So a little bit of strategy comes into play there, it seems like. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm excited as well, my friend, for Mario Golf Super Rush. With a series like that, that's an offshoot of the Mario titles. It's definitely going to be something that is... A lot of the same that we're used to, but hopefully there's enough tweaks and things of that nature that we can go ahead and say, you know what, this is something a little bit fresh upon this IP, because I know, as you well know, there's so many different Mario's offshoots and the games and the listing of the IP that they borrowed from so many times because, you know, the Mario IP in itself is so popular. So There's so many different things that they can do with it. And the Mario Golf is definitely something that has been a nice little moneymaker on the side for them. So seeing how this has evolved into the Nintendo Switch is very good. Skyward Sword, as you said, now coming on its way to the Nintendo Switch is something that I know a lot of people are interested in. 
I know a lot of people are very intrigued by it, that how well will it look on the Nintendo Switch after its previous iteration. I know it's not something that was super old, so I know a lot of people still have fond memories of it. So we'll see what happens as far as trying to go ahead and bring this game back to life. I know they talked about a Breath of the Wild 2 and news coming later this year yep. in regards to that. So we will not see a Breath of the Wild, I don't think, for this year. Maybe at the earliest we'll see next year. I know they talked about Splatoon 3. That's also on the way. They had a video of that. They talked about some of the games that they're porting over to the Nintendo Switch. I know Stubbs the Zombie from the classic days of the original Xbox. I know yeah, that was that's... something that... That's going to be people... an interesting game there, Joe. Yeah. I'd love to see the port on that one, and I know I know we're going to see it. It's just this will be fun to to play on Switch, actually. And on top of that, the Star Wars Hunters game, and I know you're going to get there. Dude, I'm so excited for this. I, I might let you set the stage for you here, but it's Zynga, the same people that did Words with Friends and yeah. Farmville. So, yeah. so this uh, is not I, I don't going know how to be... feel about this one, man. Well, this is going to be something a little bit different in that genre, but it's going to in many ways be like a bumped up mobile game, which the Nintendo Switch has a lot of because it's that buffer between an actual console and a mobile. So you have these games that are like a hybrid of both and take from both and you place it in the Nintendo Switch and it seems to have a good fit. So I'm interested to see where that one goes. The Ninja Gaiden series, 1, 2, and 3, are going to be able as a complete package. But the Ninja Gaiden series is also coming to the Nintendo Switch. So I'm looking forward to seeing what can be done as far as revamping the Ninja Gaiden series. I know that Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout was a big announcement, and that's coming to the Switch, I think, in the summer. So I know a lot of people are in love with Fall Guys. It's one of the cute games that's out there. That and Among Us have really taken storm. But... The Ninja Gaiden Master Collection was something that really caught my eye. So I'm looking forward to seeing the remastered versions of Sigma, Sigma 2, and Gaiden 3. So I wanna, I'm want I'm looking forward to, to seeing all those three bundled, packaged together. And hopefully they'll be really, really something special to look forward to. I, I think it was overall a pretty good presentation. I'm not overwhelmed by it. I know there was other stuff like the Famicom detective games are coming over. I know Outer Wilds was coming over in the summer. I know that was something that a lot of people were talking about. Samurai Warriors 5 is headed to Nintendo Switch. I know there's a remaster of The Legend of Mana that's on the way as well. Mm -hmm. And of course, new stuff for the Monster Hunter Rise. And, and I know that Tales from the Borderlands was also talked about heading on the way. Of course, there was a lot of DLC for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I know that was talked about as well. Something that a lot of people were very interested. Again, it was a pretty good Nintendo Direct for something that they haven't done since 2019. It wasn't a knockout of the park type deal, but then again, Nintendo doesn't need it seeing where they're at sales-wise. So, Gerald, I do have a question for you coming out of Nintendo Direct here is, do you think you get fair value for your video games when you buy a Switch video games? And the reason I asked this question is we had this discussion at work this week, and it seems like the group consensus was that Switch video games, if they're great, generally it's either $60 or $25. It's nothing other than that, though. And then, you know, you've got a whole bunch of Switch games out there that are 60 bucks or 55 bucks, whatever it is, and they're just garbage. You know, so there's not a lot of in-between there. It's just either you get boom or bust, and it's going to be bank or it's going to be pennies, and then... Maybe we got into a little bit of an echo chamber there this week at work, but I kind of wanted to get your feeling on that one. 
Well, I agree with you. It is either feast or famine, especially on their own properties. They will not budge when it comes to reducing the price on a permanent basis unless they absolutely have to. I mean, you'll see something that's three, four, five years old still be at close to $60. Maybe they'll knock off a few, maybe $10 at max sometimes, or they, they sometimes run these fabulous sales, which it's 15% off or something like that, some minuscule <laughs> discount, and people are supposed to go gaga and start doing cartwheels over it. I get that, that it's not a great value, but if you're someone like me who games on a budget, you just got to go ahead and wait until that day happens or maybe just go ahead and see how the trade market is and things of that nature. But it's just that right now, Nintendo is never going to be as uh, I, I, they approach the market differently based off demand. They, the way they deal with their own switches, the way they dealt with the Wii's, the way they dealt with other consoles has always been different as far as the demand and the supply is concerned. And the same thing goes for their games. They've always artificially kept up their own games. Whether or not you've liked it or not, it's it's irrelevant. I mean, they do not discount or they do not go ahead and price structure the games, on, especially if they're Nintendo games, the way that Sony, Microsoft, or even Steam does, as far as that's concerned. It's sad to see that happening because I think you could drive a whole bunch of Well, they gamers. would rather sell 10 of a product at $60 then sell 50 of it at maybe a, a much discounted price. It's just sad to see, man, because I, I know that you got to protect your IP, especially if you're somebody like Nintendo. Where we're at with the economy, with pandemic, I would love to see Nintendo just do one of those surprise flash sales. And I know they don't really do this very often, but you know, do something really cool and, and maybe knock off 20, 25% off a, a few of these big titles. I'm trying to give Nintendo a reason to give us some discounts, and I don't know if I can give them that. So. No, I don't think you will. They have a practice for them that's been tried and true. And unless consumers act with their wallet in great detail and great mass, you won't see it change anytime soon. What are your thoughts out there on Nintendo's latest Nintendo Direct? Finally, dusting off after a couple years. Looking forward to more Nintendo Directs here this year. I know we're going to get more now. I'm hoping that we will go ahead and hear more good news down the line. But I want to hear your thoughts. Did you like the Nintendo Direct? Were you really excited about what came out of it? Or were you a little bit disappointed and you wanted to see some other titles that you didn't get to hear on this latest Nintendo Direct? And let us know what they are. Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. My friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program, but before we get to Rob McCallum talking about action figure adventure and the hit series that ran on Jinx TV in Canada, wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts on Cruella and Mortal Kombat. So let's start off with Cruella, who, if you remember the Disney classic 101 Dalmatians, was the villain or the villainess from that movie. So I want to hear your thoughts. Disney, I think actually in a very good move, similar to what they did with Angelina Jolie's character, Maleficent, 
that they created a movie based on that villain. So almost creating its own universe with all these villainesses and villains and things of that nature. But Cruella is going to be appearing in the not too distant future, whether it's day and day to Disney plus that has yet to be determined, but I want to hear your thoughts on Cruella by Emma Stone. I was trying to figure out whether I really enjoyed her accent or really thought it was going to be sometimes where I thought I heard it slip. I wasn't quite sure on that. I'm not quite sold on it yet. She, I mean, she's an uh, incredible actress, but it's really just hard to ascertain exactly whether or not hundred percent she was getting that and nailing that accent down. Yeah. I'm with you there. That was one of the things that kind of caught me off guard during the trailer. The other thing was, was this a Suicide Squad movie or a Harley Quinn movie? Because it, it just felt like it got real dark and it had this like... Well, it's based off of villainous, so it's I, going I, I to get be that, dark. Man. I get that, but like, what do we do? Just go grab the entire crew from Suicide Squad to make this trailer? <laughs> and I, I'm not trying to, you know, really dog this movie because it might be great. It's got Emma Thompson, Emma Stone. You know, we've got some great stuff going into this movie. It's just... I got it caught a little off guard and it felt like a Warner brothers property at the time. You know, I've watched it twice today. Now watched once at work, once again, when I got home with the wife and you know, both of us had the same reaction. It was just like, this feels a little bit not Disney at the same time. I was very excited as much as I want to sit here and kind of be the contrarian. I'm looking forward to the release of this movie and I'm looking forward to how Emma Stone portrays the role. I'm with you. It felt like during the trailer, there were times where her voice may have not fulfilled that entire accent that we were looking for. So I know it's hard to do that, but at the same time, she's getting paid the big bucks to do it. That she is, and she is an Academy Award winning actress. And again, I'm going to be patient, but we'll get more of an idea exactly how well she's going to be portraying the role when it comes out on Memorial Day weekend. It's really scheduled right now on the 28th of May. So we'll see what happens with Cruella as it gets released at that point in time. I'm sure we'll see another trailer leading up to it. But this is an interesting look. Obviously, it was a darker look. And mm -hmm. she's got her henchman already there. The famous henchman that we saw from 101 Dalmatians bumbling and stumbling as they were in that movie. I'm assuming that they're going to do much of the same here. But it's going to be, I guess, a little bit on the dark comedy side. So we yeah. will see what happens with it. But I'm intrigued. I'm going to tell you I'm intrigued by it. I, I'm not saying I'm discounting it entirely because, again, Emma Stone is an Academy Award winning actress. But there was just points in time during the trailer where it was kind of like, is her accent dropping or is that just me? Am I just hearing it right? Are we hearing the things that we're expecting to hear or is she actually dropping that accent at times? And and it's hard to do. I mean, her voice kind of, I, I don't know about you, Gerald, but we listened to a lot of, God, what was the movie she did with Brian Gosling, the musical? La La Land. La La Land. We listened to a lot of La La Land in this house. So, I mean, like, you know, just hearing some of the, the songs that she was actually on and sang for, you know, and it, it I don't know, man, I, I just, maybe I, I heard the things that I was expecting to hear out of her versus what actually was going on in that trailer. Well, the thing is, is she trying to portray a British accent in it? And if she is, why not just go ahead and, and hire any one of the number of British actresses that have true star power? I mean, I could probably name 10 off the top of my head right now that could probably fill the role just as well with a true British accent. But then again, you know, a lot of the Brits and a lot of the Aussies, they play. Well, it just seems like it's a much easier transition for British and Australian actors and actresses to disguise their voice disguise their accent and play and portray americans 
than it is for Americans to portray individuals with an accent. Am I wrong on that? You're not wrong on that, but here's the follow-up question to this. If you could pick one UK-based or Australian-based actress, who would it be to fulfill this role? Well, I would probably say for me... Because uh... I, I can give you mine, I think. Well, go ahead. Give me give me yours first. I mean, because there was Daisy, Daisy Ridley, although she's just got another role lined up that was just came across the way on deadline. But go ahead. So... And this is maybe where we're starting to hit a generation issue, right? I was thinking Kira Knightley for some reason. I was thinking Emily Blunt, personally, okay. myself. Okay. And both, I think, great choices. For me, Kira Knightley would have played a great Cruella DeVille. She has that like snarky look at times. And I think she could have really come in and, and played just that evil, that dark feeling. But, you know, Emily Blunt at the same time, we've seen her do some really, really dynamic things. I can't think of off the top of my head the last thing we've seen her do where she was the villain or a, a you know a bad. Person. I just think Emily Blunt would have been good at it, but then again, she just played Mary Poppins for Disney, so I don't know. If right? That would yeah, have been like kind of yeah, I yeah. can't get her for everything. But again, that's our thoughts right now. On I'm still leaving it up for judgment. I'm gonna leave it open right now. We will go ahead and continue our thoughts on Cruella as the movie gets closer to its release date at the end of May. May 28th, Memorial Day weekend here in the States, and I'm sure end of May, early June for the rest of the world at that. And that is Cruella right now, still heading to the box office. But if it goes day and day to Disney+, Plus, we'll let you know on that as well. But before we head to the half-hour break, my friend, and Rob McCallum and Action Figure Adventure, wanted to ask you this, Mortal Kombat, it's back. Kind of a different beat. No really known actors or actresses are in these roles of most of the stars there. There was a glaring omission for me as one of the fighters is not there. One totally brand new, totally made up character was actually introduced as one of the fighters as well. And the fact that I did not hear the techno theme song, which I love so much, <laughs> and the shout out, Mortal Kombat, was not used in the trailer was kind of disappointing as well. But I'm trying to keep an open mind, my friend. The thing is, when it comes out on HBO Max, should I? You absolutely should. Let's talk about you know what Mortal Kombat was for me. 1995, going to the movie theater with one of our good family friends and his son, who was my same age. Shout out Dr. Kuthagatha. Wonderful, wonderful movie. I really remember, and I was really big on martial arts as a kid. I actually got my black belt in Shin Mu Kwan style Taekwondo, age 10. You know, Mortal Kombat was a huge hit in our household there for a few years. I remember going to the movie theater with Dr. K, and I'm excited to see what we have for Mortal Kombat 2021. I know you said we don't have a whole bunch of big names, but Hiro Yoki Sonata, he's been on a whole bunch of stuff. As soon as you see his face, you're going to know who I'm talking about. There's no stars. There's nobody leading the film that people are going to say, wow, I yeah, know that but... guy. And he's, he's somebody that, because a lot of times when you go to the movies, you see a billboard of a famous star and you say, you know what? That's why I got to go check out that movie. You, you I mean, do. You're, I, you Lewis do, Tan is the, is the listed as the star and he's playing a character that's actually not even part of the Mortal Kombat franchise. All I'm going to say here is just that 
I want to give this Mortal Kombat the benefit of the doubt. I want to give it the leeway to do what it needs to do. I didn't like the orchestra, man. I mean, that's got to be techno music, my friend. That's it's cheesy nineties techno music. It has to be. It cannot be orchestra like it was in the trailer. Cannot give me be. one. Give me one callback in the movie where you just give me that little bit of techno as they're walking through like a bar. I mean, or something. they just say "get over here" and finish him and all the other stuff. Didn't do the Mortal Kombat yell. Didn't have that cheesy 90s techno music or revamped version of it. You'd think in today's world where they love to go ahead and redo, remake classic 90s techno like that. You'd think they would just jump at the chance to go ahead and revamp that theme song. But no, they have to go ahead and make it a movie orchestra instead. I'm just saying, what about this? What if we did like a hybrid? We did a little lo-fi hip-hop style Mortal Kombat beat. I think this might be it, man. I think we could find a nice blend between what you're expecting from the 90s, what I'm expecting from the revamp here. I'm with you. We didn't bring a lot of big names here, but at the same time, you know, we're going with a cast of people that I think are actually going to put on a great show. This is going to be a great movie, and if it's not, I will do something stupid to mark the occasion. Well, you might have to do something stupid to mark that occasion because one of the major characters of the original Mortal Kombat is not in there. And I think a lot of people are are not pleased about it. Well, I'm sorry, man, but Johnny Cage is missing from this. And the fact that he's a cheesy has-been actor, that kind of role would have been perfect for this format. In fact, that was one of the, the cheesy roles that actually was over in the original Mortal Kombat movie. So why no Johnny Cage, man? Why no Johnny Cage? I can't really answer that question, but yes, I'm, I'm with you. They missed out on a great character that I'm sure that, you know, would have brought a whole bunch of viewers back. If, if you knew Johnny Cage was going to be in the movie, are you coming back, Gerald? Or are you just well, going mean, to walk there, away no, because not of the just soundtrack? Johnny Cage. I mean, we saw Sub-Zero in the, in the uh, trailer. I was going to say, it doesn't matter, man. Sub-Zero is there. That's all I need. Yeah, well, you know, there's more to life than Sub-Zero. I mean, I played several different characters within the confines of Mortal Kombat, and it wasn't just Sub-Zero. But, but were... a quick question. Sub-Zero, top five all time? Oh, Mortal Kombat, the game? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, of yeah. course. But yeah. for me, Johnny Cage was as well. So was Scorpion. So, I mean, that's something that I'm hoping they'll... I don't know. It's too late now. They've already made the movie and it's coming out April 18th, the HBO Max. So I think it's a done deal. Yeah, it's a day date, have, right? I mean, you could Scorpion might still be in there because, you know, you just have to have the guy with the mask on. But to not have all the original characters from the game, the original one, I think was kind of a mistake. It was, it was just a little bit of a mistake. I, and I, I totally understand that. But at the same time, I think they're setting themselves up to open up a new franchise, not a new franchise, but open up a new era in their franchise here. I don't know. I, I kind of, yeah. All right. All right. Fine. Go ahead. You put your quarter in front of mine right there on the arcade machine. Okay. You've got next game on this. All right. You've got next game. But oh, I man. will say that it is Mortal Kombat, the movie. It's coming out day and date, not only to box office and also as well movie theaters around the world, but it's also coming to HBO Max day and date. And that is going to be April 18th. So we'll go ahead and, yes, we will go ahead and get over there. To go ahead and see all the fatalities because it is Get over there. <laughs> going to be an R-rated film. That's something I, they got right. It's going to be the fatalities are going to be gruesome and gory and all the stuff that you remember from the arcade game. So that's something that's going to be very interesting to see 
how that's portrayed and how well it gets over the fact that you will see these gruesome fatalities finally on a movie screen. It won't be brought down to a PG-13. You're happy about that? I am, man. It's, it's it's one of those things that, all right, so watching the trailer, I saw that red banner show up at the very beginning that said it's only approved for certain audiences or whatever it was. And it was just like, yes, we're going to do this one right. And then you get to that one spot in the trailer where you see a limb ripped off and it's just like, oh my gosh, we're going to do Mortal Kombat the right way. And we've got all the CGI that we didn't have in 1995. That's true. So you're going to see a lot of gruesome fatalities. Wonder if you'll see a babality or two or something like that. We'll see what happens or a flawless victory. We'll see what happens when Mortal Kombat comes out April 18th. We'll let you know our thoughts on it. Kind of, again, disappointed that the feel and some of the missteps as far as some of the things that weren't added in there kind of don't get me revved up all the way for this nostalgic kick on Mortal Kombat. But you know what? I'm willing to check out nonetheless. What are your thoughts out there on Corella and Mortal Kombat as they hit theaters and, in the case of Mortal Kombat, HBO Max, Mortal Kombat in April and Cruella coming to theaters in May? Please share us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, for those on radio and all podcast outlets, we're going to be bringing to you Rob McCallum. He's going to be coming up here right in a sec talking about his latest adventure, action figure adventure, and how well it did on Jinx TV and so much more. That's coming up after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Video game box art, the stories behind the covers, in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art, the stories behind the covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. And, oh, yay, he is back in all of his filmatic glory. If you're watching on Facebook, you'll get to see him right now as... Well, of course, he's an award-winning director. Of course, he's got to have a great look. But he is the man, indeed, behind Zero Cool Films. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at ZeroCoolFilms.com, including Action Figure Adventure, which just had an extremely successful run on Jinx TV. And I'm sure he's going to have more information on how you can get a copy of that Blu-ray or DVD. He'll tell you that in a sec. It is the man that, yes, I owe a lot of credit to in helping shape what is now known as the pop culture cosmos. It is the filmatic Rob McCallum. What's up, my friend? Good to be back. It's nice to be sitting down chatting with you. I'm just surveying all the different buttons that I can push to get your gears going in ways that they have, they haven't felt for a while. I'm getting excited. First, let's also mention robmczob.com. That is my personal online playground. That's where you can get all the links to my films and see what's going on out there, whether it's Nintendo Quest, Action Figure Adventure, where, of course, you can pre-order the Blu-ray exclusively from Big Bad Toy Store. You can check out Video Game Boxer at the stories behind the cover at robmczob.com. Zero Cool Films is our shingle, our boutique shingle that I run with Justin Schoenrock, my, my comrade, my production partner, who's helping spearhead all these efforts. We have lots going on. Where do you want to start? Well, you know, if you go robmcsob.com, then you still see that scary image of you, and that still sends <laughs> shivers down my spine. 
This is why you have more audio listeners, though, Gerald, than you do have video watchers, because they know your scary image, but we can't do much about that. Well, you know, I've always said that I have a face for podcasting. Something like that, and yet you still live stream. What's the yes. deal? What's the deal there, Gerald? It makes it so much more accessible, nicer, easier to go ahead mm. and translate that. Plus, I do have people that actually watch now and then, too, so I'm thankful for that. But I, I enjoy watching and contributing and lampooning the discussions every now and then. I will see you have a guest on. And it is one of my favorite things to jump in randomly with the chat and just fire comments as if I'm actually listening and paying attention because that catches you off guard, it seems. I don't think it you does. like it when I have a random show up. No, I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, I know it threw off our Pops guest. Because, you know, I guess no. there's this running Pops versus action figure thing. And actually, I want to talk to you about action figures here in a sec, along with your action okay. figure adventure. But I want to ask you this first off. You just had a recent run of action figure adventure on Jinx TV there in Canada. And I wanted to ask you this. How was it? How did it go over? I just saw the tremendous social media response for it. But again, I'm not in Canada. So you have to give me that deeper insight on how well it went across Canada. Well, yes, it is great to be here, and it is great that Action Figure Adventure had an amazing run broadcast premiere on Jinx Esports TV in Canada as part of the Super Channel Network up here. It's one of those premium cable pay specialty channels, like an HBO, if you will, for everybody that's trying to think, figure out what's going on. It did incredibly well, to the point where they were asking me, even though it was not contractually obligated, can you do some promos and thank everybody for watching? Because we are getting some really nice numbers, and you are building a, a massive following week to week that continues to grow without any drop-off through the 10 weeks. 10 episodes, 10 weeks. It was every Wednesday night at 7.30. Now, of course, we're into our second run of it. Uh, and at one point, they're going to showcase a two-hour condensed cut version of Action Figure Adventure 2. Uh, so it's been really cool for a channel that is dominated by esports, hence the name, Jinx Esports, that is also a global phenomenon. But in Canada, it, they're very sports and uh, video game driven. So they have stuff on Rocket League, top 10 game type stuff, uh, chats back and forth, visiting developers from around the world on making competitive type gaming. So they're like, we don't know if action figures are going to work for us. They took a chance on Nintendo Quest, did well. They've picked up Video Game Box, the stories behind the covers. It did well too so they thought well you know that rob mccallum guy he's creating some interesting stuff let's take a chance on this and i owe a lot to them for that leap of faith and i am glad that it paid off to go with a pop culture cousin if you will to video games everything in action figure world and toys it's all collectible it's all fun it's all pop culture and again if you were watching on jinx esports tv in canada thank you for supporting the series you have done some awesome things and renewed the faith in, in the power of toys which is fantastic. Action Figure Adventure takes you and, of course, your cohort in crime, Jay Bartlett, all across Canada and parts of the United States in search of the premier action figures and action figure sets that you could go ahead and auction off for charity. How much did you guys go ahead and sell off? Well, you're going to have to watch and find out. And what products were you guys looking after? You're also going to have to find that out as well. But before people go ahead and watch that they got to know if they can go ahead and buy it because i know everybody that i have seen in social media that lives here in the state they've, they've always said hey rob how can i get my hands on action figure adventure it has been the number one question and so at first i know jay and i were talking like oh 
is it disappointing that it's not releasing worldwide at the same time, like the Mandalorian or something where like everybody got it on, on Disney plus on Friday, no matter where you were in the world. And so, because a lot of our community and friends and collector fellows out there are based in America and Australia and, and some in Europe, it was like, Oh, sorry guys, you're just going to have to wait. But then this thing started happening. The more we started posting about what was happening in Canada without giving things away, and the more the buzz started organically building with people that had watched it, the appetite to view it increased as well. So it was like the perfect primer for everybody to get really excited instead of something just getting shotgunned out there where anybody can maybe pick up the pieces or, or, or buy a bite of it or binge it and be done, you know, in a weekend. Having it sporadically released, you know, week by week, the old school way really paid off and having it limited to just Canada was fantastic because we were getting questions like, well, where's Jay going this week? What stores is he going into this time? What city, what's he going to find? What are the things that they're going to talk about? And, uh, you know, you did us a favor by saying, you know, we went all across Canada. It was largely contained Ontario with a little bit of traction in the U S some parts of the U S and California as well, but it was kind of a small run compared to some of the other things that we've done. Yeah. Season two, on the other hand, season two, we do want to go coast to coast across Canada. And depending on where we are pandemic wise, we would go into the States as well. But before we can get to season two, yes. we've got to get season one out the door. So if you want to find out what happens and what's noteworthy and coolest and the most rare figures that Jay is able to come across and does he get them? Does he not get them? If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are and kind of dictated how we played, then you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. And that means right now you've got to go to Big Bad Toy Store for the exclusive pre-order of our two-disc Blu-ray to check out all 10 episodes, 24 minutes long about on average, and uh, you'll you'll love it. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love action figure adventure. And that's one of the things. Wow, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Almost promo worthy there. But, you know, actually, oh, oh, but, you know, I already asked you for fresh new promos, but that's beside the point. I knew I was supposed to write something else. We'll figure it out. You record it anytime you want. But yeah, you know, just it's so hard sometimes when you, you send me one and it's like, okay, okay. But then you put 2020 on it. So it doesn't really fit in 2021. So, you know. Because it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, be just do a drop for me. Let me go twenty, and you go twenty-one. Hey, Rob, your voice changed. I wanted to ask you this. That was one of the things when you announced the availability for pre-orders, and I wanted to ask the line that you put in there. Second season is very much dependent on how much interest there is as far as purchasing that. And I want to ask you in reality. How important is a good pre-order number to a second season of Action Figure Adventure? It's everything right now. <laughs> License fees for, for broadcasters are, are not big dollars in Canada. We have a much smaller population than the U.S. does. It's a tenth of the size of the U.S. And yet our broadcast fees aren't even a tenth of the size. So when you sell a series in Canada, you don't get a, a lot of money to do it. So we are definitely still operating at, at a deficit, even with our Kickstarter campaign that was successful. So having a pre-order bring us up to a break-even point is very crucial. We want to do season two. I literally just got a letter of intent from our Canadian broadcaster saying, we fully want and intend to take on season two if it gets funded. If the pre-orders are there, then we can do it. I consciously made the decision to advertise it as Action Figure Adventure Season 1. 
not action figure adventure end of story right mm-hmm. we want to have a season two we want it to be bigger in every possible way we want to go coast to coast in canada mainly because of restrictions although we do have plans to go south of the border and have long you know strings of, of cities and, and dates that we want to hit but we also know what we what we can control and what we can't so if we can go coast to coast across canada plus a little bit in the u.s especially for our interview stuff that'll be key and like real choice when it comes to the plans that, that we want to make but this is a business this is show business we've got to be able to make money at it or we can't do it this is not a hobby this is not something we're doing you know, simply because it's fun, it costs a lot of money to travel. It costs a lot of money to, to pay people to operate cameras and takes a lot of time. And I've got kids, you've got kids, got to pay those bills. So if you love action figures, you love toys, you love hearing about how these things were made and why they were made that way. And you love seeing, a, you know, a crazy collecting crusader front cash for an auction, what he calls the ultimate action figure auction. He's taking $5,000 of his money to go buy what he thinks are the most noteworthy and of mass appealing figures and play sets out there. And, and he auctions them off and the difference goes to support critically ill and terminally ill children in our hometown. So the people that don't have the power or any kind of superhero abilities, they get to benefit from our, from basically our mission, our, our quest and our crusade. So if you think doing good feels good, again, action figure adventure season one is something you want to check out. You get a cool product, 10 episodes, 24 minutes of awesome action figure toy playing fun. Plus, you help us get to the next mark, which is possibly getting the green light for season two, where we get to go bigger, you know, impact the community in a bigger way, and definitely help the kids in a bigger way. And one more time, where can they pre-order this awesome DVD or Blu-ray? Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively for pre-order at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. Wow. That I could go ahead and print right there for you. On hey, that, there you that go. was on purpose. Oh, I know. I repeated I myself. Because you have that look when you do it. So I wanted to ask you this, though, before we head on to your other projects, including a new one that you just popped on social media the other day. I wanted to ask Me? you this new in project? regards to... Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like you only have 15 on the burner right now. <laughs> I wanted to ask you this, uh, the controversial Cara Dune action mm. figure, because uh, Gina Carano made some unfortunate statements again on social media, very disheartening, very uh, inappropriate. I think a lot of people out there were deeply offended by it, but this is something that she's done before in the past. And I know Disney has spoken to her in regards to that. And uh, she obviously decided to go ahead and still, you know, which is she has the right to do, go ahead and say her opinion if she wants to. Unfortunately, Disney also has the right to go ahead and, and not continue her services. And she is no longer a part of the Star Wars universe. But Hasbro was in the process of distributing out and actually filling up pre orders for a Cara Dune action figure. One, yeah, if not two, was it one or if two? I've seen two different prototypes, I thought. There, there's two different lines right now that, that uh, Star Wars has. That. They have the three and three quarter line, three and three quarter inch, 3.75 inch scale. And they also have the six inch scale, which is being referred to as the black series. So they have the vintage series and the black series. The vintage one being smaller, like the original scale that came out. But now because adult collectors collect larger action figures because we're bigger now we need something bigger to play with or put on the shelf or put, uh, add, add more to, money yeah exactly they cater to to the six inch scale as well and 
of course, the Cara Dune character has been released in both, and they were about ready to do a restock on, on Cara Dune for the Black series and the vintage one as well. And so Hasbro has canceled all that. There's been three versions of her six-inch scale and I think two of the three and three-quarter. And this is something that Jay and I talked about on the Jane Rob Toy Show last Monday. You can check it out, episode 18. Just search on YouTube, the Jane Rob Toy Show. And we jump into it almost right off the cuff for the icebreaker. Should you go, if you're an action figure collector, and pay top dollar right now, which is, you know, two, three, five, ten times the cost that it was at retail a month ago to get the Cara Dune figure, or, or should you wait? And, you know, how important is it? Will they recast her? Will this version be, you know, the most pricey? And whatnot. And I mean, first of all, Disney's allowed to do whatever they want. They pay for stuff. If they don't want to work with people because of their opinions, that's their choice. Does that change my opinion on the the actress's performance ability? No, I think she's a pretty great performer. She did great in the role. I didn't love the character with the direction that they took for her in season two. So if she doesn't appear, I, I'm okay going forward in season three. I don't want to get into politics, but you know, careful what you say, you reap what you sow. Sometimes that's a good thing. She seems to be liking this new path that she's charting. If that's what you like, you know, whatever you need. Good good for you. You say what you want to say and you'll get what you need, I guess. Uh, in terms of toys, though, um, they're going to be hard to come by. Definitely hard to come by. And this is going to be one of those stories in 10 to 15 years when people look back at Star Wars collecting where it's like, why is this figure so expensive? Like, oh, remember that one actress? She kind of said these things during a time where it was taboo to say this kind of stuff. And even though now it's even more taboo or less taboo, you know, they took the figures out of print. It's going to be one of those weird action figure stories. So collectors in particular are like, oh, we got to jump on them now, jump on them now before it gets too crazy. It's already crazy. Yeah. You know, a $30, $40 figure, which is a lot of money to begin with for a six inch toy, 30, 40 bucks is now like two fifty, three dollars $300 because of the controversy and because it's being published across by mass media that these figures are being stopped. It's not just that the actress was let go and fired by Disney. It's that people are making a big point to say they are no longer publishing the figure. So there's a lot of factors that, at work that, that are going into this uh, recent interest in, in that character and that figure. Does anyone have an idea exactly how many outside of Hasbro, of course, how many figures are out in the wild? Because I know that's something that is always bandied about as far as the rare or rarest action figures that yeah. are out there. It's something, you know, the number, like even when you're talking, we were talking about the pops, uh, the other guest and I that you that you roasted. I wanted to go ahead and say that Roast. was something as far as the, Lampooned, the number. perhaps, okay. torpedo. But, but anyways, when you're talking about these collectibles, a lot of the rarity or value that goes into it is the fact that people know exactly how many are left out in the wild. It's it's hard to say. I mean, those numbers are never, you know, revealed or released for a lot of different reasons. Even like back in the day, stuff that's like 40 years old, like the original G.I. Joe stuff, we can guess that they would sell a million units of Storm Shadow or Cobra Commander at best. So they could figure out costing based on, on that kind of number. Today, I don't know. It's hard to say. The original six-inch release of Cara Dune, the Black Series... That flew off the shelves, but the three and three quarter one was a peg warmer. So it, it depends on what you collect and you know what gets produced. Obviously, a smaller product is cheaper to produce, but that doesn't you know who is collecting what and why. Uh, so the numbers are all across the board too for, okay. for the different scales and lines. So it's not super rare. The versions are not super rare out there. They're out there. It's just it, right now it's a matter of what you want to pay for. I mean, I would probably guess there's. 
you know, probably 20 or 30,000 figures, I would guess, based on nothing but speculation, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, for whatever that's worth indeed. But I just wanted to ask because, again, it's been a source of interest for a lot of people just because, like you said, major news outlets have reported Hasbro put the cancel on that just like society put the cancel on Again, that's part of the reason the prices are being, you know, driven up because they have put, you know, shine, shine the spotlight on it. Nobody shine the spotlight on the lack of solo figures that came out. I think there was like six figures for that entire movie and a different version of the Falcon. But nobody talks about that. Like nobody had a big article that said solo performed so badly at the box office that they dialed back the action figures. You know, and then that didn't drive up prices because nobody talked about it. This is just more talking about the drama that's going on. And this person got canceled or, you know, got fired for saying the wrong thing. And you better not say the wrong thing anymore. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't agree with the statements she made in the in the comparisons. Those are her politics. Those aren't mine. So I don't employ her. Disney does. And they chose not to anymore as a result. Absolutely. So we'll continue to monitor that. But again, I wanted to get a better idea and gauge how exactly it was going over in the collectibles market because and or things that she said or not. I know when there's a action figure out there that's in such limited supply, there's always that market value goes up. And regardless yeah. of how you feel about Gino Carano, you see the people that are trying to capitalize on this type of yeah. uh, moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there are more great things that are here to talk about with you, my friend. It is Rob McCallum, the man behind RobMcZob.com and the scariest picture of him that's imaginable, plus also as well, Zero Cool Films. (laughs) That's my my Masters of the Universe-esque portrait that you're referring to at RobMcZob.com, which I believe is also on my YouTube page. That's fun. Who wants one of those glamour shots? that everybody seems true. to have for headshot or something that looks like it was taken at an Apple corporate event center. I'm, I'm I actually, good. I have, I have one of those. I, I, should I bet you do. I, yeah, and I bet I, you think differently every day. Yeah, this is, this is true, but need I digress. It is Rob McCallum award winning director of so many things that you got to go ahead and check out today at robmixob.com. Rob, it's been a great pleasure talking to you as always. And thank you so much for always bothering us, pestering us, invading us, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library, and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Want to thank so much Rob McCallum from Action Figure Adventure. Part two of our conversation is going to be back on Monday. So we're looking forward to that when he talks about video game, box art, the stories behind the covers, and faking filmation. But before we head on out, my friend, three shows of note that got canceled. First is Amazon Prime, which you have praised for the expanse and being able to go ahead and keep that alive. Unfortunately, didn't give Truth Seekers a show that didn't have a large following. But for those Nick Frost, Simon Pegg fans, which there are many out there, 
unfortunately, they did not give it much of a chance. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't learn about this TV show until literally Saturday night, at which point we watched two episodes and laughed our butts off. Haven't made it much further than the first two episodes, and we're going to continue on actually after this episode and watch another episode or two. I had seen a trailer for it, but I never really got a chance to say, wow, I got to check this out. It didn't catch me at first, but unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to check it out. But I will now, but it's too little too late. CBS made some great changes, and NCIS New Orleans, Nolans, and also Mom, a long-running hit for them as far as a sitcom is concerned, eight seasons now being canceled, and NCIS New Orleans is going to be canceled in season seven. These are two long-running hits for the network. Want to hear your thoughts on both Mom and NCIS New Orleans getting the axe? NCIS New Orleans, I think great spinoff, great cast, but... I just didn't expect it to live as long as it did. And I'm sure those actors are very appreciative of everything they've been able to do with that show. And they've brought a lot of entertainment to a lot of households around the world. And so, you know, I do appreciate what they've done with it and I wish them all the best. But I think we've hit that point where it's time to let this franchise maybe uh, start to, to trickle out a little bit. Give it some time off. And as much as I hate remakes, bring it back another five or seven years and and give us something new, give us a brand new storyline, maybe a new way to present the information, just slightly. Or a new city, NCIS, something else. Well, yeah, give us a new city, but give us a new way of presenting the information just slightly so that we've got, you know, just a, a new way to get people hooked. You know, that being said, let's jump over to Mom for a second. Anna Ferris took a departure from the show, and it seems like everything kind of just walked away after that. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to what what was we've talked about before with Superstore, where America Farrar left the show, yeah, and it just seemed like its days were numbers. Even though there's a great ensemble cast, and I mentioned this on the Jeff Dwoskin show this week, that I thought it was a great show that still had life in it with its cast, but unfortunately, because the lead has decided to leave, I think that makes it, the decision a lot easier for the network, and in this case, it did for CBS. Plus, it already has eight seasons. It's already yeah. going to be syndicating all over the place as far as that's concerned. They're already going to be getting very profitable residuals for many years to come on Mom. So CBS is going to be making tons of money on this show for years to come and also NCIS New Orleans. And once you get over that 100-episode mark, I think that's all they care about. And you know what? That's fine. They're going to go ahead and bring new shows in and hopefully inject some life into what was once the most dominant network on broadcast television. What are your thoughts out there on Truth Seekers, Mom, and NCIS New Orleans getting the axe? <laughs> like that. <laughs> Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, a couple things before we head on out, my friend. BlendJet right here, my friend. The BlendJet, the folks at BlendJet sent this over to me. They asked me to give this a try, and we did. And as you hear it working right now, it does a great job. It is small. It is handy. It fits in your hand. It's not something that's huge or large. It's something that's portable. It is a USB-driven power source to go ahead and charge it up. So you can go ahead and charge up by USB. It is good for what it does as far as basic mixing, as far as for drinks or for you know anything you want to go ahead and do to mix something up. That looks it's like not, it'd be great for a pre-workout or a protein shake. Yes, That's protein great. shakes, exactly. Fruit drinks. As long as you're not trying to tax it and put a whole bunch of hard stuff in there, a whole bunch of big stuff, then I think it's going to do just fine for you. I mean, get out the Ninja. Get out some of the other heavy-duty brands that are out there as far as for the big stuff. 
But anything you want to do as far as for a protein shake, pretty much anything out there that's really small in nature or really quick in nature that you need. We had a great time mixing some drinks already. I cannot recommend this enough for small tasks. Like we said, like before you work out, after you work out, mixing a quick drink, things of that nature. This does a great job in doing that. It is portable and USB powered. So you can go ahead and charge it up via USB. It did a great job. I highly recommend it. I actually will try to throw a review in the next couple of weeks on popculturecosmos.com where it's written. So hopefully you'll be able to read that. But it is a Blendjet, B-L-E-N-D-J-E-T, Blendjet.com. Check that out today. Hopefully you will get a chance and have the same kind of delicious drinks that I have as well from the blend jet one more time because marcus likes it so much right there for you any questions on that give me a holler popculturecosmos at yahoo.com don't forget everyone we are on twitch now popculturecosmos on twitch we have stuff all week long that we drop or go live on so please check that out but before we head on out marcus i gotta go ahead and quickly mention detective chinatown 3 huge numbers at the box office it is the biggest opening ever in china and it's the biggest opening since avengers endgame as far as any worldwide opening so i want to hear your thoughts will this kick off the worldwide box office once again it might it's hugely dependent on where we're at with vaccinations the next month or two detective chinatown though man really shocked a lot of people Chinese box office for Chinese uh, New Year was at 1.2 billion, if I'm correct. And if that's the case, man, they crushed it, crushed yes. it. And I very well think it might lead our return to the theaters, but it's going to be a slower return here domestically in the U.S. Yeah, it will be. I mean, it's not a movie, unfortunately, that's going to translate well all over. We've seen a lot of films that were huge in China, just not get the kind of love that it deserves in many more places. But I'm hoping that, again, like you said, this will kick off people wanting to go back to the movies once again. I'm hoping that that will bring some enthusiasm worldwide to individuals out there that want to go ahead and check out a movie at the theater. Once people start getting vaccinated, once people start feeling like they're going to be comfortable within that environment, I'm looking forward to people going in droves back to the movie theater once again. What are your thoughts out there on Detective Chinatown 3 storming the box office in mainland China? Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of it. But Marcus, any last thoughts on the way out? Let us know what you're looking for. We've kind of teased some other tabletop games, other RPG games, whatever it is. Let us know what you're interested in, in having, and we will do our darndest to make it possible. Also, if anybody's interested in helping me assemble a whole bunch of workbenches this weekend. Uh, the fun for drones for you is now there. Yes, and a workbench indeed. So Marcus is going to be busy this weekend. Hopefully he will be able to return if Josh cannot make it. Again, our thoughts and our prayers are with everyone out in Texas, including Josh Peterson. Please stay healthy, stay safe out there, and hopefully everything will be okay for everyone out there in Texas. We truly appreciate everyone watching and listening today. Cannot thank you enough for stopping by, Marcus. Thank you so much for wanting to fill in on Monday if you can. So we'll see what happens there. WandaVision Episode 7. We're going to have detailed rundown on that on Monday. We're excited. Plus, we're going to be talking about Constantine. Coming back to HBO Max, I know this is something Josh really wanted to talk about, so we'll hold that from the Monday show. 
but we're looking forward to talking about some great stuff at the latest news and trends in pop culture right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great